Father in heaven, now we turn our minds to your word and we pray that your spirit will speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is week 11 of our series on the three angels. It's hard to believe that we're already here and that uh, we've been talking about this subject this long, but uh, we had an introduction week. We spent three weeks talking about the first angel, three weeks on the second, three weeks on the third, and now... Now today we're going to try to to pull it all together, and I want to encourage you that if you want to go back for reference, or if I say something today that you don't remember, feel free to go back to these previous weeks and go through the details again, because we're going to summarize the message here, but it's important that you understand the background that goes into that summary. So I encourage you to do that. But as we get going here today, I want to read you the whole of the three angels' messages again. Now, we have been reading from the beginning of the series these particular words in the King James Version. And the reason we do that is because that was the version that was available to our mothers and fathers of the faith. And that was the words, the specific words that developed into the background and the context and the DNA of our community as they saw in these words uh, things that were important and, and elements of them have come down. Phrases like everlasting gospel and phrases like here is the patience of the saints. These are the words in which we know them. So I want you as that next generation of faith to hear those words in that same voice that our founders heard them. So let me read it to you. Revelation chapter 14, beginning in verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So this is the message. And it comes across a little complex and a little hard to understand, but we've been breaking it down week by week. And I've given you a basic outline, and you may want to remember this. There could be a quiz at the end. Pastor Julie did a quiz at the last service, so so be on your guard. I've given you a basic outline for us to understand. And the first is that the first angel talks about the victory of God. Three elements to the victory of God. There's the everlasting gospel, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. There's creation, God is creator, worship the creator God. And there's the hour of judgment. I've told you the second angel talks about the failure of man. So we have victory of God, 
failure of man. And then the third angel comes and warns us, choose wisely to either associate yourself with the failure of man or the victory of God. And the third angel tells us what will come of those choices. But I want to simplify it even more today. I want to break it down to two realities. Number one, it's all about Jesus. Number two, it's all good news. Number one, it's all about Jesus. Number two, it's all good news. So let's flesh that out. Let's walk through and let me show you why I say that. So for the first angel's message, it's all about Jesus. Okay, well, we start with the first component of that, the everlasting gospel that the angel comes to proclaim to all the earth, to everyone in the earth. Maybe this one is obvious enough that it's all about Jesus, right? And so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Now I want to pause right there for just a second and reflect back for a second. So he's saying, Paul is saying, I preached you the good news. And the content of the good news is the means by which you're saved. But you got to believe it and you got to hang on to it. Do you remember one week when we were talking about this and I told you about the parable of the sower that Jesus told? The sower goes out and he throws seed and some of it falls on the path and it gets taken away. They never even believe it. Some of it falls onto a rock and it comes up fast. But when the trials of life come along, it, it withers and dies. You see, the gospel won't do you any good, first of all, if you don't hear it and believe it. And secondly, if you don't hang on. Hupomone, that's the word we've been talking about. You've got to persevere because you will have trials in this life. You will, the devil will try to find ways to make you quit believing. But you've got to decide you're going to hang on. And that's what Paul is saying here. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Now, verse 3, he says, For I received... For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. What is the most important word? This is Paul's opinion on what is the most important word. He says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to Scripture. This is the heart of the victory of God. This is the everlasting gospel. This is the event that changed reality. When Jesus came, died for our sins, and rose again, this news, this reality changed everything. And so Paul says, of all things, this is the point where your faith must be centered. So it's clear enough from this, anyway, that, that at least this part of the first angel's message is all about Jesus. But let's move on to the second point. We talked about the Creator God. How is that all about Jesus? Another interesting passage, and this is Paul again in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For in Him, and if you read the context, you'll see he's talking about Jesus here. 
For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created, catch these words, through him and for him. All things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. So not only do you have your existence because of Jesus, because you're created through him, you also have your purpose in Jesus because you're created for him. You see, the amazing thing about our creation is God didn't just throw us out there and say, good luck. No, he gave us purpose. This goes back to this concept, Jesus saves and Jesus satisfies. The idea that the life you most want is the life God created you to live. The life where we have the chance to live out the role that Jesus has given us in this world. This is what will bring us satisfaction. This is what's meant by the faith in Jesus and keep the commandments of God. This, this life that we are created for is what Jesus calls, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So even when we're talking about the creator God here, you can see Jesus is still at the center of that. That was the song that we heard a minute ago, right? Jesus is at the center of that. So even that piece is all about Jesus. But what about judgment? What about the hour of judgment? What does Jesus have to do with that? Interesting words. Acts chapter 17. This is Paul, and he's speaking to the people in the city of Athens. And he says these words, Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. Well, who do you suppose the man he has appointed is? Well, he's going to tell us. He said, he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Who is the one that the Father raised from the dead? It's Jesus. And so what is being said here by Paul is that God has established a day when the man he has chosen, Jesus, will set the world back to the order God intended at the beginning. So key to the judgment is Jesus. He is the one. And what's amazing about the first angel is he flies and he says, guess what, the day is here. The day has come. The hour of his judgment has come. The one appointed by the Father has begun his final work. So you can see everything about the first angel, it's all about Jesus. The everlasting gospel created through him and for him. The man God has appointed for the judgment. So the first angel, it's all about Jesus. So let's go on. What about the second angel? Well, for this one, I want to come at this a little different. You see, there's a lot of truth that we hear and in, in lay our foundation of faith. We, we gain that from the Bible. But there are truths that we can hear from other voices. And I've told you that the second angel represents the failure of man. And today, I want you to hear some other voices. 
who have looked at the world and looked at the reality of the world and seen that same reality, the, the inevitable breakdown and the failure of man. And for one of these, I'm going to go to something pretty recent. In fact, a song that was written in the last couple years. And this song is by a band that goes by the name Five Seconds of Summer. Now, if you're young enough, you've heard of them. And if you have someone in your home young enough, you've heard of them. And I have an REL in my house, and at least for a few more years, I will remain relevant and hip. But it's slipping. It's slipping away. But she played me a song. I heard this song by this band called Five Seconds of Summer. And it had a phrase in it that, that caught my attention. Now, I'm going to read you some of the words here. This song is actually about a relationship breaking down, because most songs are about that, right? And so this is a song about a relationship that's falling apart. And it goes like this. I thought we had a place, just our place, our home base, my headspace, was you and I always, but that phase has been phased in our place. I see it on your face, a small trace, a blank slate. We've been erased, but if we're way too faded to drive, you can stay one more night. So, all right, if you have a little trouble following the language there, basically it's saying we had a relationship and it looks like it's falling apart. And then there's kind of a chorus section, and it says, we said we'd both love harder than we knew we could go, but still the hardest part is knowing when to let go. You wanted to go higher, 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 Burn too bright, now the fire's gone, watch it all fall down, Babylon. So anybody like me, listen to the radio, hears the word Babylon, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What in the world is this? A reference to Babylon? So I did a little research. So what in the world, how do these guys even know to reference Babylon in the context of falling down? And it turns out that Luke and Michael and Callum, that's three of the guys in the band, but I'm sure you knew that. Luke and Michael and Callum all went to a school together, and that school had the name Northwest Christian College. Not Northwest, Norwest Christian College, New South Wales, Australia. You see, they know this context. They've read the book that says Babylon Falls. And when they were writing a song about a relationship falling apart, what came to somebody's mind was Babylon Falls. It's the failure of man. Now, I don't know if they intended this reference or not, but I, I think they did, and I think it's really cool. I don't know if you noticed it in there. They said you wanted to go higher, higher, higher. Do you remember the story of Babel? from which the name Babylon comes. The people wanted to go higher, 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 but it all falls down. Babylon, it's the failure of man. I'm, I'm not breaking news here. The world knows that what humans create fails. Let me give it to you in another form. William Butler Yeats. You ever heard these words? Turning and turning in the winding gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, 
while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Have you ever seen that? The worst are in your face with intensity, and the best have lost the fire. The kingdoms of man fall down. Nebuchadnezzar, the great king of Babylon, believing he had built a kingdom that would last forever, saw a dream from the Lord one night, and the Lord said, yes, you're great, but you're only going to last as long as I say. And his grandson was king when the empire fell. And every empire after that, until the stone cut without human hands came and smashed the image and, and the dust blew away and it grew to fill the earth, the stone that represented the kingdom of God, the only thing that lasts You see, Babylon is every philosophy, every theory, every mentality, and even every faith that is not centered in Jesus Christ as the Savior and God as the Creator. Everything created that is not centered in that will one day fall and be destroyed. The only things that last, the only thing that can give hope, the only thing that can give a way of salvation, the only thing that can give a chance of survival, it's Jesus. It's the kingdom of God manifest in Jesus. So you see, the second angel is all about Jesus too because the kingdom of man falls, but the stone that comes and fills the earth, the kingdom of God in Jesus, that's what lasts. So the first angel is all about Jesus. The second angel is all about Jesus. What about the third? Well, you remember we talked about the third. I told you that the third is all about the choice. Are you going to choose to connect yourself with the failure of man or are you going to grab onto the victory of God? If you choose, it says, if any man worship the beast, that's the choice to be a part of the failure of man. If you choose to be a part of the failure of man, the third angel tells you what your future is. It goes down and down and down and down until destruction. And the key marker of your experience is it says they have no rest, day or night. You're caught in a cycle of destruction. But there's a contrast. You remember the third angel is given to us like a logical construct. It says, if, then, else... If you worship the beast, then your life's going to be a disaster and it's going to end horribly. There'll be no chance beyond the grave. But if you trust God, if you believe that Jesus saves and satisfies, you will be a hupomoneing saint. Here is the perseverance of the saints. Here are they who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You see, there's an option Connect yourself to the victory of God and you will make it through this life and on to the eternal life of glory. Connect yourself to the failure of man and it all falls down. It's Babylon. So you see, the third angel is all about Jesus too because he's the one that wins the victory. So all of these messages 
It's all about Jesus. It's all centered in him. Jesus is the center. That was the song. But now let me give you the other piece of it. It's all good news. Now you hear that and you might think, well, okay, maybe I can make most of the first angels sound like good news, but two and three doesn't sound like good news. Well, let me give you context. Jesus as Savior. Okay, that's good news. That's obvious enough. God is creator. Well, that's definitely good news because it means I have purpose. Judgment is coming. Well, let's put that one off for a second. You're going to see it's good news in a second, but let's not do it yet. Let's go to the second angel. Babylon is fallen. Now, that sounds like bad news. But here's the deal. That's only bad news if you're Babylon. Do you want to be Babylon? What is Babylon? Babylon represents the force that oppresses the people of God. Do we really want that to hang on? You see, the news that Babylon has fallen is the best news we can get. It means that the day of oppression is nearing an end. So when the angel comes and says Babylon has fallen, it only scares you if you love Babylon. Otherwise, it's the best news you could ever hear. So if you're clinging to the failure of man, yeah, maybe it's bad news. But if you have embraced the victory of God, the fact that Babylon has fallen is the best news I could possibly give you today. Because everything said against you is falling. And the kingdom of God is rising. That's good news, right? And then the third angel. The third angel says, make sure you connect yourself to the right thing here. Connect yourself with the victory of God, not with the failure of man. And the angel goes on and on and talks about all these things that will happen if you connect yourself to that which is passing away. But then at the end it says, but here's your hope. Hang on. Keep hanging on and believing. Keep trusting in Jesus. Keep living according to the commandments of God. He's going to bring you through. See, here's the thing about judgment. Are you tired of a world where there's injustice? You're tired of a world where things aren't right, where things aren't fair, where evil prospers? I'm tired of that. There's only one way to set that right, and it's called judgment. God comes and rights the wrong. That's what it means. Now, ideally, we would love for everyone to be a part of the kingdom of God, but there are people who will refuse to live in the victory of God. They want to do it their own way. That's their choice. They're allowed to do that. But if God never comes and says, okay, enough, then the original created order will never be reestablished. So judgment is good news unless you're a person still hanging on to the failure of man. Now, it's not good news then. And then it's a warning. Then it means let go now. But if you've embraced the victory of God, there's nothing more important on the horizon than the day of judgment because it's the day of restoration. It's the day when everything is put back right. So judgment is good news. And so I tell you, it's all good news. The victory of God is good news. He's done everything we can't do for ourselves. The fall of Babylon is good news because that which is set against the people of God is falling. And the coming judgment is good news because when it's over, God will have reestablished his perfect order. It's all good news. 
And we could use good news, couldn't we? I don't know what it takes to get your attention, but 2020's worked pretty well for me. You know, I take you back. Do you remember anything about fires in Australia? See, that's what kind of year this has been. Do you remember how the year started out? Australia burned down. They had the worst fires they'd ever seen. It just the raging fires burned the whole country, and everybody's like, wow, this is going to be the biggest story of the year. Nope. Not even close. Then the pandemic came along. We did things we never thought we'd do. We're doing things we never thought we'd do. Then all the unrest in our land over issues of justice and race. Election was great, right? Woo! Wow, what was that? That was crazy. It's all just crazy this year. There was another piece of it. Australia wasn't the only one that got to have fires. We had the worst fire season in anyone's memory in the United States as well. California, Washington, Oregon, Montana, Colorado. If there were trees in Nevada, they'd probably burn too, but I don't think there are very many there. But just crazy, everywhere crazy. Did it get your attention? Did it shake you out of your norm? Did it make you ask deep questions? It did me. And it turns out I'm not the only one. You see, I was driving home this week. I dropped Ariel off at school and I was driving home and I was listening to National Public Radio. I was listening to Morning Edition and David Green was interviewing someone on there about a song that she had written, kind of in the context of pandemic, but even more specifically about something else. Her name was Tao Nguyen. She's a Vietnamese-American living in San Francisco who is the singer-songwriter for the band. This is a big music day for me, I guess. uh, For the band Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. I thought that was kind of a cool name. Now, you wouldn't necessarily, if you just heard her voice, know that she was a Vietnamese-American because she was apparently second generation. She uh, has no accent. But if you saw her picture, you would know she was. And she wrote this song. And they were talking about the song, and they did some interviewing of her. And as I was listening to it, it struck me. And I said, I got to get Pastor Jeremy to grab a couple clips out of what she said here, because I want you to hear what she has to say. Now, I don't have any context on what her religious beliefs or systems or anything like that are, but I don't get the sense that she's necessarily a regular church-going person. But I want you to hear what she has to say. Now, she's talking specifically about one particular day when the fires were closing in on the San Francisco area and the wind was just right that the smoke blew down over the city. And it completely covered the sky in the city. And when the sun came up, you couldn't see the sun. All you could see was this orange glow. And if you didn't hear about this or see any pictures of it, go online later today and take a look at this. Uh, look for some images uh, from the, this weird day in San Francisco uh, that happened this year. But now I want you to hear what she said. Go ahead and run the first clip. 
It was September 9th, and I stepped out onto the porch, and it was cinematically post-apocalyptic. The air is so polluted, and there's ash falling. At that point, we're months and months into a pandemic. We knew the fires were coming, and it was fire season. But to see it manifested in the color of the sky, to just look at it, you would be quite taken by it. This vivid, supernatural, unnatural color, the color that my friend's kids called orange juice. And we didn't see the sun the entire day, but in lieu of the sun, it was this really eerie orange pall. Did you catch those words? Cinematically post-apocalyptic, supernaturally unnatural. I don't know exactly what signs in the heavens look like, but it sounds like she felt like she saw one, right? Just because there's a natural explanation for it doesn't mean it doesn't get our attention. Many are looking to the heavens and wondering. Go on and play the next part. It just was this culminating event to capture unspeakable despair and defeat. You can't help but reckon in a more existential way to ask, what have we wrought? What have we desecrated? And what is sacred? And how do we protect it? And are we willing to? You know, I mean that in the environment. I mean that in people. What lives matter? Where is our grace? Anyway, that's what happens when <laughs> you look at the kind of the physical manifestation of a deeply dark time. Isn't that interesting? I think maybe I could rephrase that and say, Babylon is fallen. Did you hear that in her words? Everything that I thought was away is not. The world is tense right now. Have you felt that? The world is tense. The world is restless. The world is nervous. Going back to the song I mentioned earlier, by five seconds of summer, one of the lines is, but still the hardest part is knowing when to let go. All right, so... I can't tell you when Jesus is coming. If you were hoping for that, sorry. No man knows the day and the hour. But I can tell you, if it takes more than this year to get your attention, I don't know what will. It's getting the attention of other people. Did this year get your attention? What I want to say to you, it's time to let go. It's time to let go of the world. Time to let go of Babylon. Let it go. Take your hands off and embrace the victory of God. Now, I don't know. I don't know what goes on. I don't know what the Lord has in mind. I don't know. But there's no victory in the failure of man. Our only hope is in the victory of God. And into that orange sky that day, 
into the morass of the crazy brokenness called 2020, three angels went flying with a message to anyone with ears to hear. Can you hear them crying out over the crazy? Can you find peace and rest despite the turmoil? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Maybe last year you heard the voice of God calling your heart and you're like, yeah, I don't know, things look okay. Maybe the year before that you heard God calling on your heart and you said, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Maybe 10 years ago God called to your heart and you said, yeah, I'll get around to it. But today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do not turn away and be unbelieving. Because I know of three angels that are warning you today. So what do we do? Hebrews 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. It's all about Jesus. Centers on Jesus. Because of this, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. By showing up here, you make a profession. And the challenge is hold firmly to that faith. Don't be a faker. Don't be a pretender. Don't be hanging on to the world. Let it go. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So here we go. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Not because you're good enough. Not because any of us are good enough. But because Jesus already won the victory. That's why we go confidently so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Feeling like this is a time of need. Feeling like this is a time we need to approach the throne of grace. So Pastor Julie, come. Help us approach that throne. Just coming in agreement with what is being shared, really, which is God's word, really, which is God's heart, still speaking so many years later. Let's come to the throne of grace. What is Jesus saying today? As Pastor Jeff said, we're coming to the end of this series. We're nearing the end of this year. We don't know what's coming next. We might not have this opportunity in this way again, in the way that God is talking to us right now. So what is he saying? 
How many of you, is there anyone here who has been able to hear every single sermon, whether in person or virtually? You've heard every single one. Okay, some of you maybe have half of them. Okay, let's see if we can do this. So Pastor Jeff's gone over it a few times. What was the first angel's message? How do we boil it down? Victory of God. See, I warned you there might be a quiz. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about the second one? Failure of man. Victory of God, failure of man. How about the last one? Make a choice. Yeah, choose wisely between the victory of God or the failure of man. So this is the three angels' message. We're here in a Seventh-day Adventist church saying this is what we proclaim. But before we even say that, or if we're actually sharing it, are we actually living it? Are we living out these truths? Think about the messages that have been shared. We're coming to the end. We're wrapping things up. I'll tell you one that stuck out to me, each one has, but last week on rest, on what Sabbath really means, on what it means to deeply Sabbath, but to live in that every day, to rest in Jesus. I was so moved by the testimony by God's word. That's one that God is talking to me through. What is he saying to you? How is he inviting you to live these messages? And we're going to have a moment here in a minute to pray and to say, Jesus, what are you saying? But I'm wondering, and I'm just kind of thinking, and I'm praying, and I'm talking to God, what is he, what is he inviting us into each one of us here today? To live these and to share them. And maybe some of us, it's a certain step in one of those areas, embracing the victory of God, letting go of the failure of man. Maybe some of us are listening today, or maybe we're watching, and I bet there's somebody that is saying, huh, I've never really heard this message combined in this way and what it really means in, in the message of this church, which is actually a movement. And then God is actually inviting you today to be a part of it by being baptized. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online and Jesus is inviting you to be a part of a movement that's, that's living and saying, we want to follow God's word. We want to be a part of the victory of God. We want to share these three angels' messages. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's something that you said a long time ago, but it's really been a while. And maybe you've kind of been some different places and are coming back and Jesus is saying, today is the day to say, yeah, I'm a part of this. Maybe he's saying, today is the day to say, I want to be rebaptized. Praise God. Whatever that is, let's come to the throne of grace because I can't tell you. God can tell me what my step is to live and to share, but only he can tell you what that is for you and what freedom you'll experience. So we want to do something that we haven't done in a while, especially with the pandemic. We all have our masks on. I will in a minute. But I want to invite you to turn to someone you're seated beside. Most all of us came with someone. A few of us came separately. I did. But turn to someone around you if you're by yourself, or you can just have a quiet prayer moment with God. And pray and say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? How do you want me to live these messages? How do you want me to share them? How do you want me to walk in this today? So we'll just take a moment now. It'll just be quiet here. So turn to the people around you. Maybe one of you wants to pray, however you want to do that. And then we'll wrap it up together with a prayer here in a minute.
Father, thank you for the gentle way that you talk to us. Holy Spirit, thank you that we can still hear you because we're here today. We're watching online, so it's not too late. Thank you for today. Thank you for loving us so much to offer us abundant life. God, help me, help none of us to leave today without saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. God, we want to live in your victory. Teach us how to do that. God, move on our hearts, whatever that next step is. And if someone here needs to make that decision, Lord, to go public with you, praise God, Lord, lay it on their heart now. Open our hearts as you continue to speak through us in this service. We pray in your name. Amen.